IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. After two seasons of living out his dream of competing in IndyCar, Seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson is shifting gears in his career once again. He announced on September 26th that he would not be competing in a full-time racing schedule in 2023. Johnson had indicated as late as the Grand Prix of Portland on September 4 that he wanted to return to the NTT IndyCar Series full-time in 2023. When his major sponsor, Carvana, agreed to continue its relationship with the legendary driver, the final piece was in place to continue next season. But Johnson has decided to step back, reduce his schedule, and drive in what he calls bucket list races next season. He wants to win the Rolex 24 at Daytona sports car race and wants to compete as part of the Garage 56 entry that NASCAR and Hendrick Motorsports are putting together for the famed 24 Hours of Le Mans next year. And who knows, Johnson might try his hand in sprint car races or even dirt car races if he considers those bucket list items. Also, along with his wife Chani's art gallery business expanding to Europe, the family is considering moving overseas. Johnson is open to a mixed schedule next season that would involve selected IndyCar races as well as one or two races in NASCAR to go along with his Rolex 24 and 24 Hours of Le Mans competitions. And once again, Don't lose sight of the fact that he might try to get into a sprint car or even a dirt car at some point. Although Johnson's IndyCar statistics the past two years may not be impressive, the fact he made the move in the first place after winning 83 NASCAR Cup Series races and seven championships is fairly remarkable. Johnson is one of the few racers in this era that wasn't afraid to go outside of his comfort zone and try something different. He wasn't afraid to fail, and because of that, his journey can still be considered a success. Pit Pass Indy took part in a Zoom interview with Johnson, along with a selected group of journalists. Here are highlights of what the racing legend had to say about his decision on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? Hey, Bruce. Uh, and I know that uh, next year you say you want to do a lot of bucket list items, but do you already have opportunities in place? And at what point do you think we'll know the schedule? And out of some of those bucket list items, how many IndyCar races might remain on that list? IndyCar is certainly on the list. Um, clearly, with the relationship I have and have had with, with Chip, there have been more conversations IndyCar-related 
um, yesterday and in, in making this public knowledge now gives me the chance to to go out and, and speak to um, other teams, uh, look at other opportunities and other series. You know, I, I've uh, you know, just recently kind of made this decision and, and haven't had any time to explore options. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like here in, in the coming weeks, you know, month or so, I should understand and know what opportunities are out there for me. Um, and I do feel like I'm, I'm in a good place in the budget cycle for corporate dollars and for, for the potential to, uh, to, you know, bring Carvana along and or any other interested parties. Uh, so I think my timing, you know, is, is in a good spot and we'll just see, you know, what the, the coming weeks brings. What stands out about your two-year career in IndyCar? Um, from inside the car, I would say driving, it, it, you know, the races at Iowa and being in the mix and really racing, you know, with the regulars. But with that being said, you know, outside of the car, there were so many um, moments that were very meaningful and special. And, you know, building on the friendship that I have with Dario, uh, with Scott Dixon, with my other teammates, Marcus and Alex, and, and honestly, um, the executive staff at Chip Ganassi Racing and Chip himself, um, it, it really has been uh, a great experience um, inside the car and out. When you came to IndyCar in 2021, one of your concerns was the safety of the car. It didn't take you long to realize the safety aspects designed into the car. If you return to NASCAR for a few races, do you have any concerns about the current safety of the next gen car after the problems that car has experienced in the last several races? Yeah, I don't have an educated point of view. Um, I've certainly been paying close attention to NASCAR and um, see the comments from the drivers. So uh, I know that safety is the highest of priorities for NASCAR and I would imagine that they are actively working on some solutions to, to help you know, with these rear impacts and such. Um, but again, I'm not coming from an educated point of view, um, but, uh, you know, don't have any big concerns, you know, looking ahead. And if there was an opportunity to come along, um, I, I feel, you know, that both cars are uh, really in a safety window that, that I'm willing to drive. What are your memories of running in the 106 Indianapolis 500 in May? And what about your four wins at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in NASCAR's Brickyard 400? Yeah, I would say that, you know, I do have a few trophies in my house and two of them are Brickyard 400 trophies. The other two are at my man cave and, and look spectacular there as well. Uh, but, you know, there, there's so many moments from the Indy 500 that stand out. But honestly, for me, the, the one that I was most excited for and the one that flashes through my mind uh, every time when I look back on the experience is being on the front stretch with my family, with my team, surrounded by the fans and hearing back home again in Indiana. Um, there, there are many cool experiences inside the car, especially in qualifying, uh, going 245 in a turn one that, that stands out. But uh, for whatever reason, the surreal moment that hit me the hardest was uh, hearing back home again in Indiana. One of your bucket list items is to do the double, the Indianapolis 500 and NASCAR's Coca-Cola 600 in the same day. Do you think you would be able to give the Indianapolis 500 the attention it would be needed in order to pull this off? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, when drivers did it in the past, you know, we had, uh, I think, a lot more on-track activity for both, both series, certainly on the NASCAR side. I'm not very familiar with the IndyCar side and how the month of May worked for Kurt and Tony back then, but 
Uh, I think the way the NASCAR format works now, um, there's less of a, an ask in time. Um, so I do feel like, uh, in my, my rough look at it, that, that the, you know, the potential to apply myself and have physically enough time to pull it off. I, I believe it's there. And, and I do think with the reduced schedule and not running the full IndyCar schedule will give me the, uh, you know, the time I need before and after to, to seriously focus and dedicate everything I can and, and would need to, uh, to give my best performance in both races. And I'm seriously considering it. I mean, when I look at bucket list opportunities, um, you know, Lamar, um, a shot winning the Rolex 24, a, uh, a, a the double, uh, those, those, those three are really kind of at the top of the list. Um, it is just, you know, really early in this process and I'm not sure where it will all lead, but, um, you know, it is again, just really high on my list of things that I still do. And, uh, we'll start working on that now. What about any other NASCAR races? You know, it is still really early in the process. Um, so I've, of course, maintained contact and relationships with, with friends and such in the NASCAR world. Um, you know, I feel like after yesterday and certainly today, my phone is going to be ringing a bit more with, with opportunities. And I'm looking forward to those conversations. But, um, you know, I am intrigued to drive the car. I've obviously spent a, a, a career, if you will, in the NASCAR space. I've kept a watchful eye on it. Um, I've enjoyed my time in IndyCar and it was my you know, childhood ambition to be an IndyCar driver. And, you know, my opportunities took me to NASCAR. So to be able to, to have now experienced both and have the potential to continue to experience both, um, you know, makes me smile. I think it puts me in a really unique situation and I think an enviable situation amongst all racers uh, to, to be able to, you know, have a chance to operate and run in, in both of the premier divisions here in the U.S. So, uh, time will tell what kind of opportunities develop, but I, I'm really excited about pursuing this. What have you learned about yourself in these last two years in IndyCar? I sure had a lot of lessons learned, but I think, you know, my, what I've noticed I did the most was, you know, we all have default mechanisms in our minds and how we, we operate and what we do. And, you know, through my cup career, being able to hand in, handle and manage high pressure situations, I always defaulted to this calm place and just you know, approach the challenge in front of me, um, you know, with a realistic mindset. And, and I found myself multiple times in the IndyCar and throughout the last two years with all these new experiences using that same default. And I, I'm thankful I have that in me. Uh, my baby didn't recognize it as much in the Cup Series uh, just because I, I was so busy and occupied with, with life and what was going on. And now I'm at a different point in life, looking at this experience differently than what I did then. Um, I've been more aware of this default that I have and it kind of makes me smile and laugh, you know, the way I've been able to um, just stay within my own head. And, and I even said this, you know, as I raced for NASCAR championships, I always put blinders on and just focused on my world. And, and I've, I found myself doing that again here in IndyCar. And um, I think it's just served me well. And um, you know, it's just in my DNA and wiring who I am. Can you give us some clarity on IndyCar? Have you spoken to any other teams or would it be a continuation with Chip Ganassi Racing? Yeah, I've really only spoken to Chip. And, you know, I, I truly feel like I'm part of the family at CGR. Um, my, my, you know, if I am in an IndyCar, you know, that's that's really where I'd want to be. Um, I, I know that team. I know the inner workings of it. Um, 
I do feel like we are working hard to um, continue the relationship together. Uh, so, so that, that would really be, um, you know, be my intentions. Um, if, if I was able to put something together and come back in an IndyCar, I'd love for it to be there. Have you had any conversations with teams in IMSA about the Rolex 24 or NASCAR teams next season? As far as the Rolex series or the Rolex race itself, um, I haven't had any conversations there. I know the landscape with the new prototype class that's come out. And um, frankly, there's just not, just not enough cars or open seats available. So I, I don't see an opportunity in the premier division, um, but I am open to, uh, to the other divisions on track and would love to uh, finally earn one of those watches. Uh, obviously been second a few times in the premier division. Um you know, and then the rest of it, it's just it's just early. And I, I think that in the coming weeks, uh, really on all fronts, uh, conversations will continue forward. Still uh, feel like I'm on a short list for the Garage 56 program um, in Le Mans next year and, and hope to get some clarity on that here in the coming weeks or months. Uh, so it really, you know, I, I wish I had more to report at this point. Um, it's really about not returning full-time to IndyCar. And now that that is, uh, you know, I've made that decision and, and letting that news be known, I really feel like I'll get some traction here and be able to solidify my schedule for 23. Yeah, Justin, to answer the Justin question, he's been a longtime friend and somebody that I, I stay in touch with. Um, and, and he certainly made it known that the Project 91 car is available uh, if, I, if I have interest. Uh, so would, I would need to continue, you know, those conversations forward. Uh, but as far as a manufacturer relationship, um, I, I'm currently not under a contract with Honda or with with Chevrolet. So I do feel like my options are open. You know, certainly have a long history with Chevrolet. And and as I moved into IndyCar, I was hopeful to continue that. You know, but my opportunity at CGR you know, took me down the Honda pathway. And it's been a, an amazing relationship there. And, and I'm thankful for the support they've given me. Uh, but moving forward, I am not under a contract with any manufacturer at this point in time. You've talked about racing at North Wilkesboro Speedway. What are some of the other NASCAR races on your bucket list? Gosh, as far as car racing, I don't, I'm not sure what's, what would be unexpected. I, I mean, it's just known that, you know, IndyCar, IMSA, Le Mans, um, NASCAR, th those are points of interest for me. So I don't think that would surprise anyone. You know, I, I do have uh, a few years left on my eligibility for the clash and for uh, the all-star race. Uh, I'm surprised no one has really asked or pushed hard to this point yet. I guess I've been busy in IndyCar and, and uh, people have assumed that I've just, you know, my schedule's tied up, but, you know, look, moving forward or looking forward, um, th those would be easy opportunities, I think, to, uh, to come back. Um, but I honestly, I've not had an in-depth serious conversation with anyone yet on, on any of those fronts. So uh, it's funny how speculation and, and rumors develop. And then every once in a while, they, they might be tracking on the right thing um, because I, I've seen that in my interest. I would love to go to Wilkesboro. I've, I've never driven on that racetrack. Um, Lowe's corporate offices were just down the street. So I've driven by it many times. I went on a long bike ride with Matt Kenseth and some friends a few years ago and actually rode my bicycle around the track. So uh, I would love to go back in a proper race car and a proper event someday. Um, and hopefully that, that opportunity can develop. That's one long bike ride to get up to North Wilkesboro. Well, we started nearby and then it was a long bike ride because we went up the parkway and rode 100 plus miles climbing mountains and stuff. So, Hey, when you talk about bucket list races, how many of those remain in the IndyCar series of... Long Beach was where you wanted to be a race driver. It's where you went as a kid. It's what you got, got you hooked on racing. 
Iowa, you had a top five and a, a finish and you led laps there. Would that be a bucket list? Are there any other IndyCar races other than the 500 that you can identify as bucket list races for you? I'm kind of running out of specific events that are bucket list races. And truthfully, that's kind of what led to my decision to not come back full time. Um, just looking at it through that lens, I've, I've had that amazing opportunity in IndyCar. So, but I, I still am open to, to tracks that are important to me, to races that are important to me and in doing it with people and teams that are important to me. So, you know, if, if something develops with chip and it's a mixed bag of road and street courses and some ovals, I'm open to it. I'm open to, you know, just the double or the 500 alone. You know, I really do have a clean sheet of paper in front of myself right now and, and eager to see uh, what meaningful opportunities develop and make sense. And if I could do a quick follow-up, was there a light bulb moment for you where you evolved from, I want to come back to IndyCar full-time in 2023 to this is what I want to do? Maybe not a light bulb moment. You know, I'm aware of, you know, my, my headspace. I'm always very conscious and aware of that. And, you know, as the season wore on, you know, I just, what it takes to be a full-time driver in the IndyCar series I knew I was up against my limit of what I could commit to it. And, and I didn't want to make a decision in, in the moment. Um, you know, it took some time. I had Dario and Dixon as a, a, a bad influence over in the UK for the Goodwood race and a few beers in. You know, I just think in that process of being away and letting go and relaxing um, with the help of Scott and Dario, uh, I was able to return home and, and really just feel what I wanted to do and, what, and the decision I wanted to make. Was this a matter of feeling that you accomplished what you intended to do in IndyCar? Not necessarily win races and championships, but to prove to yourself that you could do it. I track with what you're saying, and I, I feel like what you mentioned at the end is more, uh, more of the bright light in the distance of like, hey, I've made this decision. Uh, now I can, I can pursue that, and, and it feels good, and, and I think there's a great story behind it. My decision to not return really was based on, um, you know, my, you know, feel, me, the feeling I have after running a full season, after experiencing the last two seasons, I really do feel like the experience I was trying to achieve that, that I've been able to achieve it. Um, and that was the bulk of my decision. You know, this, you know, now that I'm, I'm pivoting, sure, there are things to get excited about. And that's that's more kind of what you mentioned at the end of your question there. Uh, but the bulk of it really was feeling fulfilled and, and having the experience that I wanted to in IndyCar. Would you be interested in running both IndyCar and NASCAR Cup on the same weekend at the Brickyard next August? It hasn't been on my radar yet. It's certainly worth pursuing and looking at. I think it could be a really neat story. Uh, the first thing, though, that pops in my mind from a competitive standpoint is just how different the cars are. And, and it's been so hard to forget my NASCAR habits and, and learn these new IndyCar habits. I don't know what kind of problems it would cause. It might screw me up, you know, going either direction. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great point. And, and, and there could be a really neat story around that. I would think so. I, I haven't been in this new cup car yet to know how similar they drive. Um, but I, I think from an oval standpoint and the feeling of the momentum and on the, being on the edge of traction would be easier to identify with than all of these physical breaking marks, apex marks, uh, the specific line that's required on a road course. 
I would assume the road course journey and doing a double would be much more difficult than an oval experience. Some of the headlines mistakenly use the words retiring from racing when you made the announcement. What did you think when you saw that word? Yeah, I, uh, I saw that too and just kind of chuckled mainly because, you know, I tried to retire once already and it didn't work out. So <laughs> to see it up there a second time, it's, it's kind of like the boy that cried wolf. Um, and and I'm, I really don't feel like this is the end of driving for me. I feel like it's a chance to pivot and, and again, to, you know, run a marquee events and look for these amazing experiences that, you know, any driver would want to have honestly, knowing I have the support from Carvana. They're, they're still very interested and, and we're expecting to continue on an IndyCar with me. So to, uh, to be in the situation I am in, um, I, I don't think the word retirement is correct, uh, but it's certainly a pivot to, to less. So slowing down or part-time, you know, I had fun with these hats that I was wearing where it was rookie, then it went to full-time and, you know, now maybe it should be a part-time hat. What type of races would you like to run in IndyCar in a reduced schedule? I honestly could get really excited about all of them or any of them. You know, street courses provide such unique opportunity and clearly the street course in Long Beach has so much sentimental value to me. The ovals was much more competitive on the ovals than the street courses, especially the, the ovals that had uh, multiple lanes. My NASCAR background came into play and, and I was really competitive on those two lane ovals, if you will, that's such a thing. And then road courses to drive in Wisconsin at, at Road America to go to Laguna Seca. I mean, they're just amazing marquee race tracks to, to run on. So I, I can honestly get excited about any of it. And it really just depends on, you know, the opportunity that would develop. How long do you expect to be competitive with this type of schedule? Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a thought and being competitive certainly makes uh, makes the experience much more fun. Um, and I, I love being competitive on the ovals this year in the IndyCar series. It's so hard to know where you are as an individual. I haven't been back in a cup car to, to know where I fit or, you know, how competitive I could or might be in a cup car. But when I look around it, I think Mario Andretti won his last IndyCar race at 52. Mm -hmm. I just turned 47 the other week. So I do feel like there's time. And, and honestly, you know, this, what I'm doing now isn't, isn't result driven. This is really about the experience. Um, of course, I want to run well. Of course, I'm going to apply myself. You guys all know me and that's, that's just how I operate. So I do take it very seriously, but you know, I'm not making, I'm not trying to start a second career here. I'm, I'm trying to have meaningful experiences with teams. I, you know, teams that have meaning, individuals that have meaning behind it and, you know, tracks and races that are meaningful to me as well. So, you know, it is a few degrees different than, you know, what I, I spent the bulk of my career doing. And, you know, with that in mind, I do feel like that opens up the runway and, and gives me more time to experience all of this. What do you hope your experience has been with IndyCar fans these last two seasons? Sure. I think in general, you know, Carvana came up with this tagline of no finish lines. And I, I feel that most people want to believe that's reality. And most people uh, would like to challenge yourselves and, and maybe start a second career or pivot in life and try something new and different. But it's tough to do. And, and I, I've found through these last two years how many fans, even how many other racers, identify with what I have done um, and, and want to do that in their lives. So, you know, hopefully through this, I've been able to show that 
um, sure, I'm competitive. Sure, I, I want to race and do well. But at the same time, I was willing to get uncomfortable. And, you know, I can sit here and say that I've had the most amazing two years, even though, you know, I wasn't winning races. And even though I qualified, you know, the back of the field and all these road and street courses, I was still having the time of my life. And, and that, you know, you can pivot and get uncomfortable and, um, and still have, have an amazing experience doing so. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy. Johnson's career move wasn't the only big news of the week. On Tuesday, September 27th at 12 noon Eastern Time, IndyCar released its 2023 schedule. It's virtually the same as last year's schedule with no new races added and no races dropped from the 2022 campaign. But there are a few tweaks. This year, the season began on February 28th in the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Next season, that date shifts one week to Sunday, March 5, on the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida. That event will kick off a North American schedule that is highlighted by the 107th Indianapolis 500 presented by Gainbridge on Sunday, May 28th. The season ends with a thrilling climax on September 10th at WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca in Monterey, California. The journey to a championship includes a stretch of eight races in the final nine weeks of the season, giving fans action nearly every weekend. For just the fourth time in the last 50 years, the IndyCar Series will have 13 or more races on network television in the United States. 
the total appearances on broadcast television becomes 15 with the addition of PPG Presents Armed Forces qualifying coverage Saturday and Sunday, May 20th and 21st, ahead of the Indianapolis 500 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The first seven events of 2023 will be featured on NBC, including the Indianapolis 500. The season also finishes with six of the final seven races on network television. The 2023 season will include three races on USA Network and for the second consecutive year, one exclusive race on Peacock. Peacock will provide live simul streams of all races on NBC, as well as live coverage of all qualifying and practice sessions next season. In partnership with NBC Sports, the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series was the most watched season in six years and the most watched across NBC Sports on record. Powered by NBC Universal's popular streaming service, Peacock, the 2022 season was also the most streamed season on record. Half of the 2022 season's 16 races on television featured a total audience delivery of more than 1 million viewers, the highest mark since 2008. Last year's season opener, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding, was the most watched season opener in 11 years. Here's the complete schedule for 2023. On March 5th, it's the annual season opener on the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida. On April 2nd, it's the first oval race of the season at Texas Motor Speedway, one of three races in April. The others are the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach on April 16th, with the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama on April 30th. The month of May at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway follows. It begins with the Grand Prix on the IMS Road Course on May 13. Practice and qualifications for the Indianapolis 500 continue the following week with Pole Day on Sunday, September 21st. The 107th Indianapolis 500 is on May 28th. The month of June includes the streets of Detroit on June 4 and the annual trip to Road America at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin on June 18. A very busy month of July follows, including stops at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course on July 2nd, the streets of Toronto on July 16th, and the very popular High V IndyCar Weekend at Iowa Speedway July 22nd and July 23rd. The Big Machine Music City Grand Prix takes over the streets of Nashville on August 6th. One week later, it's the second road course race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that is part of the annual IndyCar NASCAR Triple Header at the Brickyard on August 12th. August wraps up with the final oval race of the season, a Sunday afternoon race with our friends at the Bomberito Automotive Group and Worldwide Technology Raceway on August 27th. The season concludes on the West Coast at Portland on September 3rd and Laguna Seca on September 10th. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank our guest, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson, who spent the past two seasons in the NTT IndyCar Series for joining us on today's podcast. All of us at Pit Pass Indy send our sincere best wishes to Johnson as he shifts gears in his racing career. 
He has also been one class act and a frequent guest on Pit Pass Indy. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.